Good afternoon and welcome to Susan Harmon Experience. We are broadcasting today from Alamogordo, New Mexico, except for Eric. He's in Seattle. Hey, Eric, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. Good afternoon to you. Hopefully you've we, got uh, clearer skies down there than we have up here. It's uh, it's rough. It's in the mid-80s here. It's, you know, oh, beautiful skies. But yeah. but you can, there is smoke in the air. There is there's smoke, but you can't smell it like you can in Colorado or, you know, uh, definitely Washington, Oregon. Yeah, so... It's not so bad. Well, good. I'm glad you're breathing easy. I'm breathing easy. Oh, and um, I don't know if you recall, you may or may not, but guess what is happening next month? Uh, well, next month is October, so Halloween. <laughs> yes, but before Halloween, we're having our seventh year anniversary. Awesome. Awesome. So we're figuring on doing that October 16th. And I kind of wanted to do a little a little quick shout out uh, to Connie Renee. Remember Connie uh, uh, did the uh, numerology? Of course, yeah. Right. And she offered a numerology reading. Well, she uh, called me and uh, on the way to Alamogordo and told me that she had done um, a reading for Cynthia, Cynthia Camp. And it took her a couple of weeks to do the whole thing and to and a three-hour report. And I mean, she just went all out, you know. So she's telling me about this, and she said that Cynthia's husband had died, and then I was hearing him. He was telling me things, you know, to uh, to tell her. So I said, "Quick, give me her, uh, give me her information." And I called her up uh, last night and talked to her. And, uh, yeah, she's going to tell uh, the story of this whole thing, the, the uh, uh, Connie doing the reading and how this affected her and how it's changed her life. So it's good to know that the Susan Herman experience does impact on people in a positive way, you know. And it'd be nice to hear her story for, for our anniversary show is one of the things that we'll do. Sure. Yep. And so on that, I wanted to do a shout out to Connie because she really is an authentic person, does a lot of good in the world. A shout out to Cynthia. But we're doing one more shout out for Alamogordo, New Mexico. We uh, went to this little store yesterday. Well, it's not that little. It's a pretty good size uh, called the Blue Stone. And uh, I w I'll tell you who all went. I went Leanda de Leona. I won guest today, and Heather Sherrick, my other one guest today, and Stephen Ballinger was not. <laughs> I I gave him a different name. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting a look. Um, I know Bluminger <laughs> was not with us. He arrived oh three minutes ago, three minutes ago from uh, Phoenix. So yeah, it's a long drive. And he drove straight through here. So those are my three guests today. But the two ladies and myself went into the Blue Stone. And kind of uh, tell us uh, what you experienced in there, Landa. Well, I wasn't expecting as much as I saw in there. I thought maybe there'd be a little bit of jewelry. And I wanted to get some you know, jewelry for my friends back at home in Seattle. And there was just everything in there. I've been there twice now and would go back a third time. It just never ends. There's pottery. There's jewelry of every kind, all kinds of different price ranges, something for everybody. There was sage and sweetgrass. I was, I was in heaven. Yeah. And Heather? Yeah, it was, it was great. There was every, um, there was a bird, um, not a bird. Oh, what was bird, that? Ivan. Ivan. Ivan, yeah. Ivan, the, Ivan, the, the probable, the, um, the macaw. The macaw, there yeah. you go. Yeah, he was cool. Hello. Yeah, hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> but they had drums, um, sage, kachinas, pottery, uh, jewelry. They've Rugs. Rugs. Um, they've been there for uh, 48 years. The, yeah, so that's pretty substantial. And they were really, really nice Um Nice people. Very, very nice. The Davis family, and they've been around here for a long time. So. 
So if you're ever down in southern New Mexico and you get a chance to go over to Alamogordo, stop into the Bluestone. Uh, they did not pay us to say this. They should, but they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but they're they're really great. They're really great. I, I had a wonderful time in there. I mean, they had bundles of sage for three bucks. Three oh, bucks. That's wholesale price. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they were they were they were fun to be around. I want to do one little thing before we jump into the show. Um, some of you may have heard about the things that are going on with the post office. Uh, you've heard about that, Eric, about the uh, dismantling the sorting machines. You know, yep. and how it's yep. affected. Well, yesterday in Eastern Washington. Judge Stanley A. Bastian uh, ruled, and federal court judge, uh, in favor of not only um, not only in re- reversing, but not doing that. Don't just halt it, but reverse. Mm-hmm. Get the the machines back in order and put them back to work. Uh, that was a, an order by the judge uh, yesterday morning. It's, it's a politically motivated attack on the U.S. Uh, efficiency of the U.S. Post Office. Which was so that, obvious to everybody. Yeah. So that was uh, – and it's illegal too because illegal. it's constitutional. Yeah. So I found that to be a very, uh, very good thing because this is apolitical. It, it doesn't matter if you're Republican, a Democrat, Green Party, whatever. It doesn't make any difference. Everybody should be able to get their mail, period. That's yes, just the way it and goes. should be able to vote without tampering. Right. So um, there will be some more consequences from that, but I just did want to uh, mention that since it happened yesterday, and it's good news for our, for our political system that mm. uh, we can uh, trust that our votes will be counted. And, and it should be. I don't care. You know, if you win and you win fairly, right. that's good. That's Absolutely. good. Absolutely, yep. So you ask, why are we in Alamogordo, New Mexico? Yeah. Why are you in Alamogordo, New Mexico? <laughs> I have no idea. No, seriously. <laughs> we are here on the hunt. Um, Gold Ghost and Geronimo is part of it. Uh, on the way down here, uh, Leanda and I stopped in Arizona, and uh, we you know, came in uh, contact with an Apache elder by surely by accident. And um, the stories he had to tell us, there were things that I learned that I've never seen in a history book. I've never uh, seen anything about. So we're both um, very pleased. I'm going to have Musica is his name uh, on. uh, and, And Steve will be meeting him. You know, pretty soon, so that we can talk talk to him about different things that uh, that he's doing. So that was fascinating. You know, meeting that, and we and we also interviewed um, Ben, uh, who is a who is a prospector, uh, kind of a kind. You know, he's a very interesting person. He has some interesting stories to tell. Um, you have to kind of listen to 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 him to hear him. And yeah, he's he's cool. So that uh, that was just on the way here. So we have had uh, quite a bit happen since we've since we've been here. Uh, it's been very very um, very interesting. Um, you know, we're always talking about timing with things, and and we can get impatient. I know I'm not a very patient person. Anybody in the room disagree with that? <laughs> no. Uh, I try. I, I try to be patient. Um, I don't always succeed. Um, but I'm learning. <laughs> One of these days I'll actually be patient. Um, but some things just have to happen when they happen. And timing. What is it they say in comedy? You know, it's all about timing, you know. So timing and waiting. And so there's. A lot of things that uh, that have happened, and and yesterday, um, Leanda and I, before Heather arrived, we went to um, what had been the town of Upham. It is no longer the town of Upham. Uh, they've torn it down. There is a um, space center there now, and uh, we had a we had a very interesting experience. I'm not going to go into all of that now, but we're going to do a show on that. 
just on the Space Center and what that implies and what that means. Um, New Mexico is really interesting on how much involvement it has had with space compared to other places. I mean, uh, we've had the landings, uh, you know, they know that they've had landings, ship landings, uh, Socorro. Uh, there's there's uh, uh, Socorro and there's Chaco Canyon and the rate looking for radio signals off planet uh, and the atom bomb and, you know, what and what else? Was it like in 1945 when they were doing... 1945 was at uh, the end of the war, and the war ended because of dropping the atom bomb on Hiroshima and a second one on Nagasaki. Uh, the end of, ended the war, um, but there's a whole lot more to it than than we know. What drew you to Upham when you first saw the name? When I first saw the name, it was Misty Upham. Yeah, um, you know, you remember Misty, Eric. Of course, friend of the show and great actress. Yeah, and a good, great, you know, great friend. Yeah. So, but I saw, I got all excited. What is full blood uh, uh, Blackfoot named Upham doing in New Mexico? Well, we had in our minds, Landy and I had, we had pictured a ghost town, you know, a little, some, not very many buildings, just a few buildings, ramshackle. Well, there wasn't anything like that, but there were flags. <laughs> there were flags flying, and there were there was a guard gate. You know. Well, I found it interesting that uh, Patricia, whose family has been here, uh, Patricia Padilla, I found it interesting that she didn't even know that there was an Upham, New Mexico. In, in right. Nobody in Alamogordo had ever heard of Upham, New Mexico. Uh, well, at least the the few dozen people we talked to. Hey, do you know how to get to Upham? <laughs> Never heard of it. So, uh, and they hadn't heard this, of the space station either. No. So it's very interesting uh, because what what is interesting about the space station too is it's a public private enterprise. Uh, Richard Bransom of Virgin uh, Air, and they had a Virgin Air airplane there yeah. too. Yeah. They had an airplane there. Um, and uh, we understand that there have been some um, uh, things flying up out of there. Uh, like I said, we're going to do a whole show on it. We'll talk more about that. We're not going to give. We're not giving away the secrets mm -hmm. now. So um, that was that was very interesting to us. Um, and we came back over here, not sure exactly what we're doing, but uh, knowing that. Uh, there's a lot to explore. There's a whole lot. Uh, we know that uh, Montezuma brought gold into New Mexico, into Arizona, uh, into Colorado, uh, Idaho, Utah, you know, um, and I think into the Dakotas. Do you think that the, that the Mexicans were coming up to mine were going all the way to the Black Hills? Yeah, definitely, because it was really... You know, the word was out, basically, that there was gold up in the Black Hills. So I would think that they would, you know, at least try to go up in there. Well, Musica said something very interesting. He said, we were not warrior people, the Apache. That's how we see them as warrior people. We were traitors, he said. Oh, you're going to love it when you tune in to... Uh, gold, Ghosts, and Geronimo, because when we interview... Musica, you are going to love some of the things he says. But he says, just think about the trading. If you could go up into the Dakotas with tropical feathers, you know, and so forth to trade for that and, you know, the turquoise and all. He said, we knew what we were doing. We knew how to follow the trading routes. And that I thought was very interesting because I'm particularly interested in looking at those trading routes because like Steve and I are doing for the for the the one show, that's going to be the way we see that the way things went. You look to see what what routes people are traveling on. Yeah, I can't hear you nod. You have to speak. <laughs> what? You're what? I couldn't hear him nod. You're coming in all fine. <laughs> so, so um, 
there is a lot in the western part of the United States that really uh, tells a lot. But I've also found things about the Phoenicians coming in through here, too. They were incredible travelers. You know, there's so much more on, that's happened on this planet than we know. I mean, just a tremendous amount of, of stuff that's gone on. And um, I think that that's, re that's really important. Um, so one of the things, why are we here in Alamogordo? Does anybody have a clue? Why do you think we're here? Heather? Leanda? Steve? I was thinking the same thing when I was driving here. <laughs> Why am I here? Well, I'll tell you what I think. <laughs> We're here to discover. Uh, there are things that we don't know. And every step we've taken has been guided. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I when we stopped to see, oh, well, there might be some pots in here. Yeah, there were pots in there. But that wasn't the, the, the gold mine. The gold mine was Musica and the information he had. Knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. And um, what we're digging it out. When we had lunch day before yesterday in this little, I can't remember the name of the restaurant. God, that's, I was going to shout out for them. But they, uh, Mexican food, uh, pancakes, and steaks. Okay. Combo. It was quite a combo. The people at the table next to us were very interesting. And she overheard some of the things we were saying. She wanted to know more about it. She watches uh what is the one, Oak Island? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Oak Island, Mystery of Oak Island, and which Josh is pretty Gates. boring. And Josh Gates, she's interested in them. And then there was another one she liked. Um, I can't she thought this sounded so much more interesting than the shows she's <laughs> watching. And she said, I can't wait to have you come on the air and do that. That's going to be great. So I wanted to shout out to that nice little family they had uh, Great-grandmother, grandmother, mother, and children, you know, it was, it was, five, a, generations. It was five generations oh, wow. sitting there and having a reunion, and we got to be part of it, which was cool. But it also was telling me that we're, we're on the right track, that there's, uh, that there's more information to be, uh, to be gathered. Um, we um, are, I mean, this started out so strangely. And it, it went so many different ways. Now, Leanda got last, she's kind of the last uh, uh, to be involved. Maybe not the last, but mm -hmm. up to this point. Uh, Heather and I had been doing meditation. Well, Heather, you'd been doing your meditations. Right, right. And also, too, I wanted to mention, too, Grandma, and I don't know how much um, we're going to talk about that, but my relative, Grandma D, it was born her in Alamogordo. Yeah, and then her brother. So that's another reason why why we came here. here because of some other stuff that was sort of going on um, with Solomon or Sonny. Solomon was uh, his real name. Uh, everyone called him Sonny. And uh, uh, yeah, he has spoken to me and told me about the the uh, mine. He's how when did he die? I don't remember. But, I, I don't know, but a long time ago when he was a young man, um, he also had found a He found a cave. A cave. He found a cave closer it, to... Um, it sounds different. It's not it's the same cave. It's, 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 same it's cave. further yeah. south. It's over near... Um, did you just go through? Uh, Las Cruces. Las Cruces, right. thank you. Yeah, over near Las Cruces. And your great uncle... Uh, it was in uh, Victoria Peak, right. which is really closer to where we are now. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah. then Las Cruces. Las Cruces. Okay. Yeah. Is it? Am I wrong? Yeah, it's about in, yeah, I, yeah, it's about the same. About the same distance, yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm usually wrong. Um, <laughs> well, just but, hey, you know, you get out there and you keep going, and then you get there. You're not wrong. <laughs> You're just partially right. You're just partially. I like that. I'll have to remember that. I am not wrong. I am partially right. Sonny so, kind of linked us, I think. That's where I was like, well, wait a minute. You know, been having dreams of a guy in a cave. <laughs> when that's when I first heard. Right. She was having dreams was of like, a guy in a cave. 
that she called the cow. And then you one well, of them it was, was sunny, and then cowboy started showing up. Right. We didn't know that it was sunny at the time. The thing about about visions and about dreams and all is that you don't get a. They don't go A B C D. You know, they kind of go, oh, gray hat, uh, you know, da, 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 and like gray hat. Okay. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, can you be more clear? Right. And so they're not, it's not always really clear. And sometimes you think you're on the white, right track and it's not exactly uh, the way it is. But when, when um, Leanda's sister passed in May, in May. And shortly after that, um, I had called you or you had called me. Yeah. And uh, you were telling me about this song. You were telling me she was having a, a, a her meditations and, and a song came through that was really strong. But I had just had songs come through for me when I was meditating. So what did you hear? So I was meditating and a Crystal was there and all of a sudden I heard the song Wild Horses by Rolling Stones come through. And I mean, I could see the horses running and it was really just an emotional emotional beautiful thing for me and I just I felt like it was crystal you know talking about horses you know being you know powerful and yeah. well no I was just going to say that sometimes like because um it may seem like a little thing oh well you know they're having a vision and there's this song but when we go back when the show comes on it will show how it these little things were like ping, 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 mm -hmm. and it kind of like brought it together. So it might sound kind of odd or off the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, there's a song that did, but later on that song connected to a clue that also connected to another person or whatever the, the thing is. Well, there's been all these so, little. So it's like a disjointed puzzle that yeah. the more you get, you start placing the pieces in the puzzle yeah. and you get a clear pit, picture That's, the more pieces that you get. Yeah. That, right. That, like that's that. it exactly. Oh, that's it because exactly. with this thing, because she says that, and I said, yeah, there's that other song, you know, uh, uh, Wildfire. I can't hear that song, Wildfire, without starting to cry, you know. It's like, you know, she ran running, Wildfire. You, right. I can't sing it. Oh, <laughs> well, uh, sure, sure. It's karaoke uh, time for you. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, <laughs> well, so wildfire, you know, it, it is. It's the most song. So you start, started looking it up. After we hung up, Leander looked up the, the song Wildfire, and this is fascinating. So I found it really interesting with these songs, and so for me, I just I look it up on the computer and see what I can find. And I started wanting to know where this song came from, and I read that the, the man who, I can't even remember his name now, but... Uh, He'd had a dream, and that this song was also dream. associated with the ghost horse legends, and that was written about by an author named J. Frank Dobie back in the late 30s. And I decided I'm going to look up, you know, J. Frank. And try to find, you know, try to find this book, you know, and I look at the things that he writes, and he's written something called Apache Gold and Yaki Silver, and I'm like, oh my god, and I, and I, I read, you know, online, I'm reading the back of, you know, what this book says, and I send it to Susan, I'm like, oh my god, I mean, this is just fitting right in with everything that we're talking about. Yeah, and this song has always meant something to me, you know, so you, you look at these circles, and the, and the way they connect with other things, and if you're reading the clues correctly, now, someone can say, you're just crazy. Right. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I really don't. I've been called worse things than crazy, you know. It doesn't bother me. You know, you, you, you go get your own mental health analysis and we'll be fine. And then the same thing, the, the song Horse With No Name, you know. Right. Been on the desert with the horse with no name. See, I can sing. <laughs> but there's so, other connections with horses, too, mm -hmm. in connecting with um, the history because I've found some stuff too even you know with the horses mm -hmm. you know like that one story I want to find out who um, it was some a Calvary army guy that um, pushed a group of horses way to past their capacity and they died so um, yeah it's very saying, these different you know clues are and that's all in this area the horses so 
right? The horses are, all, you know, and the mules and the donkeys and, and all of this. And, the, and that all touches on all of this uh, because there's wild burrows in Arizona and people ask why. And, and when we come back from great break, I'm going to um, give you a clue and tell you why there are wild burrows uh, in Arizona, how they, how they got to be out there and fending for themselves and, and how that happens. And it's all tied with gold mining. You know, that's fascinating stuff. So stay tuned to Susan Harmon Experience, and we will be back with Steve and Heather and Leanda and moi and uh, tell you more fun stuff. From Susan Harmon's private collection, these rare finds are now available for purchase until the end of June 2020. Quartz crystals that are large generators, rare Antarctic crystals with only three available. Russian phenakite, just one amazing specimen left. Czech moldavite of medium-sized high-quality pieces and various spears. Check out the pictures at Susan Harmon's Facebook page or email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206. 206- 8535225 that's 2068535225 there are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases wash your hands avoid close contact with people who are sick avoid touching your eyes nose and mouth stay home when you are sick cover your cough or sneeze clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray for more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Bridget Dengel-Gaspard to talk about her book, The Final Eighth. How can we use our inner selves to complete unfinished goals and gain mastery in accomplishing anything? On Saturday, Michael Bogart dispenses his wisdom in this encore presentation from earlier this year. Bringing you mastery and mystery one hour at a time since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Susan Harmon is offering a 20% discount on a bi-locality session if booked by June 15, 2020. Social distancing? No problem. You receive the energy in one location while Susan uses stones and sound in the pyramid at another location. To book your session or to ask about a three-session special, email susan at susanharmon.com or call 206-853-5225. That's 206-853-5225. Seattle, Tacoma, Antwerp? That's right. We're streamed worldwide on our app and on the web at 1150kknw.com. Welcome back to Susan Harmon Experience here from Alamogordo, New Mexico. Uh, we actually are here scouting around for various things, um, gold, stories, all kinds of stories about gold. Uh, in fact, Steve's actually... More gold. More gold. Uh, Steve's actually uh, here uh, in, for an additional thing than what we're here for. Yeah, I'm picking up... Uh, our- Related to our expeditions and family history, we have about 200,000 pieces of, of uh, documentation. And I'm taking back six boxes of audio tapes so we can uh, have those digitized. And then I'm going to go scout, scout uh, an area um, east of uh, Tutor Consequences, just a, an area that... <coughs> The studio wants to use to set up a base camp and do some filming before Thanksgiving. To shoot some footage, just let them know how difficult the terrain is. Yeah. And to be a little more forgiving of where they want to put. Yeah, it's one thing to sit in L.A. and and, and uh, talk about uh, doing that kind of thing and a whole other thing to actually get out there and do it. Well, good old Ben, he goes, it's just a bunch of trailers and some tanks of water. Okay. Good <laughs> old Ben, he's the guy that you saw down in the Dragoon Mountains. Right. And he, he was coming from 
being up in Alaska and putting together sluice boxes, big, big units. And all you need is some trailers and some water. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. He's an interesting guy. Yeah, he did a wagon train from Wisconsin to California, ten to twelve miles a day. Wow. Two thousand miles, he said. Total. Two thousand miles. Really? Did you ask him why? No, but I I'm did. going. I asked him why. Uh, okay, right what was the I said, Why would you do that? <laughs> and he said, "Well." My mother and my grandfather, they came out in wagons, and I thought it would be a good thing to do. So it was more of a, uh, I just want to do this experience, yes. Yeah, and, you and, and his uh, kids. And, and, and do this trip in a wagon. Wow. God bless him. I think it's great. I'm better him than me, uh, but I think that it was great. And there was some point to, you know, seeing things when you travel and you move slowly. You say, oh, there's just a bunch of space, but you actually see a lot of things and you see the world differently. Yeah, I'm back end of a horse. <laughs> and Stephen's not an enthusiast. So. No, no. And so, so, the question, so the next question is, well, how do you take a wagon to the coast? Very slowly. <laughs> the, answer oh, no, that. the answer to that is there's a Transamerica Trail, which you can take basically, I think, not quite the East Coast, we're close to it, all the way to just north of San Francisco. And you can, it's a dirt trail, some roads, but it's very rural. It can be done. Yeah, it can be done. And he said he found out that most of the, the things were, uh, most towns were like 10 to 12 miles apart. So we're set up pretty. So actually, we are going to do a show on Susan Harmon Experience with Ben, the traveling man, and talk about his trip. That's going to be very exciting. But we wanted to we wanted to finish. We promised you that we would tell you a little bit why there are wild burrows in Arizona, and that's because of mining. Well, if a miner got killed and he was out there where they were with the mines, why are you laughing? Because the you know that was a that was a straight joke. You said. <laughs> Why are there so many burrows? <laughs> because the owners are dead. <laughs> I guess, it, I don't know why I'm laughing, but, but yeah, they're dead. <laughs> and so the girl said, oh, I guess there's water here and there's some food, so we'll just hang out here, you know. And then, oh, a boy burrow and a girl burrow and a, and voila, the rest is history. But there's actually, because Leanda, the reason I came up with that is Leanda <laughs> said to me when I was driving back, she said, what is this sign that says wild burrows or, you know, like burrow crossing? Burrow crossing I something. I said, well, there's burrows left over from mining, you know. And so it does make sense. That was another thing on, on the Dutchman's gold that they said, well, it wasn't mined gold. It was bullion that the Mexicans had come up probably, like you said, to the, uh, to the, uh, Black Mountains, the Black Hills, thank you. The Black Hills uh, and mined, they spent about three years. They had a whole lot of gold. They were going to, back down to Mexico with the Apache were after them. They split up into two two parts and they hid the gold. So when they were caught, when they were they were caught, they know where they were killed because the blood from the it was from the mules because they butchered the mules for, for food. Now I'm going to check some of these stories with uh, with the Apache that I've been talking with because the versions of the white people and the versions of the Apache are uh, slightly different. So I'm going to bring you the Apache viewpoint of shocking, shocking, shocking that you heard it her first here, folks. Um, so, <laughs> sort of something, and. I love these guys. They just keep me so amused. So um, that was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Burrows. So bur. <laughs> okay, as opposed to burritos, which are totally different story. <laughs> so um, we are actually here looking for stories of gold. 
And that's that's why we're here. It isn't so much the goal because, um, and again, we've talked to several other miners and prospectors in uh, Arizona who have some really fascinating things to tell, like about the Dutchman's Mine, uh, where it's located, who knows about it, what the stories are, what his last words were, how do those fit, what they're, what they're seeing, blah, blah, blah. Everybody has their own personal theory. I mean, how many stories do you have you heard about the Dutchman? Too many, though. I know, right? <clears throat> but and, and this sort of goes to your desire for the podcast is that all of this really revolves around a certain cultural perspective and lens of viewpoint, and doesn't take in the the uh, any of the uh, uh, Native American and what not only what it meant to them. But what it being around did to them. Exactly. And that will be that's something that you really will dwell upon and, and bring out and a little more transparency in your podcast. You know, when uh, Musica talked with us, he talked about a thing called the Exodus, which I never heard anything about. Um, they said uh, the Comanchero, they, uh, uh, I mean the Chiricahua, they wanted to kill them all. And they were up there and, and um, he said was really poignant to when he talked about his father not wanting him to go back there. Uh, they had people, uh, mercenaries and all from all over the world waiting for them to leave this so they could kill all of them. And you don't realize today the way things were. Uh, and there's still some, I mean, a lot of people, they talk about the boarding schools like they were all in the 19th century. They were, they were in existence up into the 1990s. And that was to, con, to turn the Indians into slaves. It wasn't until 1978 is when they put the Indian Child Welfare Act into federal law. Right. You know, but yeah. Matt but they were still in existing in the 1990s. Yeah, because uh, they tried, <laughs> one, guy, uh, one guy was like, well, that was over hundreds of years ago, and he's like, I was born in 1956. <laughs> and I went to boarding school. Right. Boarding schools, and then they also have the issues with the BIA and, and still even the land issues. Today. So, for instance, so Mac still, has how much land up in North Dakota? Just him is uh, 180 acres, and one of them, they're taking natural gas off of it. So, And how much are his checks off of the natural gas of his land? Oh, he'll hit um, every now and then. They'll show uh, an account of like eighteen cents, or uh, we got one was like two dollars and ten cents, you know. And it's it's really yeah. And you know they're not they're things. they're making a lot more than two dollars and ten cents. Yeah. So and that's that, just yeah. one one mm -hmm. issue too, you know, because his family um, they were part of the uh, Louisiana Treaty. They had thousands of acres, and now they're, you know, hundreds down to hundreds of acres. Yeah. Well, to each family member. Right. It's so, not it's not a lot of land, and and so we want to bring out the the stories from that perspective. You know, not just the start. Well, you know, uh, we won, and uh, you know, we we got all this. Um, that was one of the things Musica pointed out to us. So much, and it was so important. And I, I think that the stories are, are the truth. You know, if you can tell the stories, and it and it tells the truth about what happened and what happened to these people, they could not practice their religion. Um, they they couldn't use their language. They were forbidden to speak their language. The, they weren't American citizens. Oh. That's true. Go ahead. Yeah. They weren't American citizens until, like, what, the 30s? Right. There was uh, a... I don't know the specific date, but it's... They yeah. weren't American citizens. And I always wondered why we had such a high number of natives in the military, in the Army, armed forces. Why they're so... Do you, and I found out. Guess why? Because they could gain citizenship if they went into the military. And they gained citizenship and therefore were able to vote for things that affected them. That's a long way. Just last, I think it was last month or the month before, the Supreme Court um, uh, made a decision about Oklahoma 
about where someone could be prosecuted if they're if they commit a crime and if it's on Indian land they're prosecuted by Indian land in Oklahoma. Right. That impacts on natives all over the United States. That Supreme Court decision. That, that people don't realize yet how long reaching some of these decisions are and that one is different because um, God, he was one of the new members of the Supreme Court, but he has a big interest in Indian rights. No, we also have to take also in account the tribal council at the time. Right. Or the, that's, you know, they're not always, uh, to say the least, you know. So then you got the element of well, council, you know. Who's in charge? Yeah. Not, you know, Life is like that. Who's yeah. in charge? Pine Ridge is the worst one to, and that's a very good example of um, how tribal council can really. So, Pine Ridge, is that where the uh, gas exploration is? Well, yeah, they, they, that's, um, I think Pine Ridge is in South Dakota, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And so, Heather, I know that you've had lots of visions when you you just took a trip to North Dakota, oh, yeah, and we and you were seeing, you know, I mean, I used to have see spirits all the time in New Mexico. I'd say, oh, what was that dog doing following you? You know, in the hotel. And the guy said, what dog? I didn't have a dog with me. I said, I saw a dog following you. You know, <laughs> I mean, there are so many. I saw a man with a child on his shoulders, and I was trying not to hit him with the car, and then he disappeared. You know, <laughs> I mean, so there are very strong spirits yeah. in the in the western states. I know there are in the Eastern, too. Didn't you, uh, Steve, talk about uh, uh, the the uh, the Aztec and the Mayan being in Florida? Yeah, they're, they're, they're finding evidence that of their culture and things that they had constructed mm -hmm. in, uh, in the, I must say, the Panhandle of Florida and maybe up in the Carolinas. Yeah. So there's so much more travel. There's so much more for us to learn about what's going on. And so much has been not told right. This is why I want to go to to the elders now, because one of the things I was told that this story about the um, the exodus couldn't be told until the last elder from that period had passed. I don't know why, but we're going to find out. And that's going to be in a future show of Gold Ghosts and uh, Geronimo because that's a very important, uh, very important distinction there on what happened. But when you have to hide your religion, when you have to hide all of that of who you are, you know, it makes a, it makes a major, uh, major difference. Um, now, you got into this with this thing with your sister because you and Heather were having very similar uh Visions. Mm -hmm. I, you know, we have we we use these words, visions, dreams, and they mean different things to different people. Uh, how would you define? Well, I mean, visions. I, I say visions, but I um, it's or meditations. When I go into my meditations, I can now have the vision. And I was always a dreamer. Remember when I was a kid? Kid, I was, yeah. Really, I've always been a dreamer. Well, I always interpreted, and I had a, another thing when you guys were little kids. Uh, we always brought you into bed with us when you said, I, I had a bad dream. Well, come and get in bed with us. And uh, I always let you tell me your dream, and I'd say, go back to sleep and dream it right. You know? Yeah, because... you were a little more understanding than Dad. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you see, isn't it dreamlike? Does it seem very real? No. Um, well, mine it's not, and it's, sometimes it's really hard to get it because it's not like um, turning a TV on or, or anything sometimes like a dream that. can be very realistic. Yeah, dreams I can do that. Yeah, um, and there's only been uh, like in my visions, it's not a lot of color, and it's very rare that I'll hear anything. Huh. It's just, and it's kind of like a, it's weird, hard, hard to explain because it kind of. Well, one of the things that has helped you, I think, is I've gone in with you when you have been meditating, mm -hmm. and I'm so, like, seeing what you're meditating right. on. Now, what's interesting about the way that this is manifested is that sometimes I will be, I'll be seeing it straight on, and you'll be seeing it from above. Right. I get a lot of from above 
visions, but the vision is like um it it's kind of like it it'll come like into a form. Mm-hmm. You know, and it takes them a while sometimes. It takes a lot of energy to go into these things and, and for spirits. For spirit, yeah. And then it, it it takes a while sometimes for me to figure out and takes like maybe a few vision or a couple, you know, meditations to be able to figure out who this person was or is or what's act what I'm actually seeing. And what about when you're when you're going into your meditation, it goes a little bit differently. Yeah, yeah. And it's like um, when I'm meditating, it's like just knowing that I'm purpose is to meditate. It seems like as soon as I close my eyes, I start seeing pictures. And it, you know, some of it makes sense, some of it won't make sense at all. But I write it down, and a lot of times later on, it figures into something. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, now let's define meditation. Now, now we've all seen uh, uh, where, where yoga, they'll meditate, probably yeah, just wow. to clear, clear the mind. When you meditate, is it to clearly think about something or to open your mind? I mean, is this it has to be purposeful and how? What kind of a purpose is it? Right, sit down to meditate. My it's it's yeah, it's different because I've always read when you meditate, you you empty your mind and and I've I practiced trying to do that for years and I I kind of gave up on trying to do that because my mm-hmm. mind because as soon as I close my eyes, I just I see pictures and I see you know see things and hear things and I kind of just gave up on trying to clear my mind and just allow those things to be what they are. So, so, so it might you, not be defined as meditation to, you know, a Buddhist monk. Okay, so so do you so you purposefully meditate. Meaning, okay, I talked with Susan, she's got this something she needs help on. I'm gonna get myself in a meditation format mm-hmm. and open my mind and you I don't know if you think about what you talk what you talked about, but it's on your mind and then you just let that happen. Right, yeah, right? it's very—it's really spontaneous. So it's not like, yeah, I went to bed tonight, and oh, hey, man, I woke up, and maybe, maybe it does, but this is right. a little more purposeful. It's not really, I'm going to take a dream. This is purposeful. You know? Well, mine, um, sometimes it, it is like that, but I do this. I do uh, prayer, meditation. Uh, this is, I do this like two to three times a day. I will, like, or, you know, because I'll actually say start in the morning, I'll wake up and I'll think, you know, thank you for the morning, thank you for, so this is like already ingrained and embedded in my life, no matter if I was doing this or that. Now, sometimes there is a purpose and I'll go in and say, well, maybe let me see if I can get some clear answers. But I'm doing this at least two, three, four times a day, no matter, just anyway. So there's no, for me, there's no rhyme, like, there's no, I don't have, like, a right. specific so, purpose. So, like, so like mm-hmm. a very religious person may go to, and I'm, what I have in mind, I know uh, a gentleman in California, Catholic, he would go to church and pray two, three times a day, always in the morning, two, three times a day. For you, this is the same thing. You have your schedule, your... But it's more spiritual. You, right. Your your spiritual moments that you think and this is when you this happens for you well this is so, like this for me my whole life well so, she, she has a, a different kind of mother um yeah <laughs> i would go to different churches i i i love um in investigating and reading and certainly like on different you know i've read the Quran, the Torah, that i've done concordance studies so yeah it's always been an interest to me right and i always told uh the kids go Go in, go to any church you want to, you know. She said, like, oh, "I'm that gonna... literal. <laughs> She did. Mom, there was this woman, and they had to pin her skirt together. She was rolling around on the floor, and I'm like, well, what's it interesting?'" <laughs> <laughs> you know? And that was the so, first time I remember the first time I heard about the devil. Yeah, because I, I didn't ever talk about like the that. devil. So for you, it's a it's a spiritual moment, and, and these things happen for you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's so smart. It's purposeful because you do it. Right. So it's not rigid. So well, I think that a lot of times, I think the girls have brought up something real important here, that words can mean different things. Right. There's symbols, right. you know, for other, for, for other things. And so we use um, meditation or visions or dreams. Sometimes it can be interchangeable right. and not... You know, not for a specific purpose. And I think that's an important to know. 
We only have a few minutes left, and I just wanted to see if there was any one thing that anyone wanted to say before we uh, continue. Okay, we have to have space filled up with sound. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I can do that. <laughs> Anything? Nothing? Okay, then I guess I will talk. Uh, Leanda, I want to thank you for uh, being here, coming uh, from Seattle and going on this journey. Absolutely. Uh, it's it's been interesting. Mm -hmm. When we uh, when we go off the air here, we're going to go out into the desert. We're going to take our drums. We're going to drum, and we're going to going to let whatever happen happens. Uh, I have a feeling that today and tomorrow we are going to meet people we need to meet, mm -hmm. and we're going to do things we need to do. Uh, we will give you a report further on on what happens on the rest of this journey through the weekend. Uh, Steve, don't look so concerned. Uh, he's, he's <laughs> the poor guy drove, walked in the door, and we started the show. I mean, you know, that's ambush, you know. I mean, God. I, I don't even think he went to the bathroom, you know, <laughs> as far as that goes. But we're all social distancing, don't we? Yeah, we're all doing our thing. Uh, so, I'm... Honestly, this has been a, a, a really interesting journey, and it continues to get more interesting. Yeah. We, uh, we're constantly meeting people that, oh, you do so-and-so, you do such-and-such, such, just in the strangest places. Duke, he is a very interesting guy. I want to talk to Duke. Yes, yeah, she wants to talk to Duke. They 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 uh, they both been abducted, and that uh, is something they have in common. <laughs> And uh, we should move to Sedona. I think everyone's been abducted. In I know. I in Sedona. I'm there. Not, I mean, not so, anything, yeah, so, yeah, they're uh, visiting. And, um, Leanda, mm -hmm. yeah, it's been something new and different for you. Oh, this has been very different for me. Yeah, I, mean, I haven't left the state of Washington in, in 20 years or more. So this has been an adventure for me, and then just everything connected with it has just been mind-blowing. Well, we, um, we're we coming to the end of our show. Um, I travel all the time. I love traveling. I love uh, meeting new people and finding new things. And, uh, you know, going out to the desert today and seeing what we can see and, and, and just letting it happen. Uh, sometimes it's hard to just let it go and not and not make a plan because I can tell you I have made plans and they've been changed for me uh, very quickly. And so we'll see if not making a plan can make a difference. But I want to say one thing before we go. No matter what kind of dancing you do, please, whatever you do as you go throughout your day, remember to keep on dancing.